Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest on today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Um, my name is Ashley Kaloff. I have an Instagram account called Authentic Ash, which I've been doing for about two years now, where I just share a lot of like my growth journey and my development uh, through high school. And now I'm off to college. So just life in general. Yeah. What college are you going to? I'm going to the University of Oregon, Skoducks. Do you, um, do you like the rain though? Like, are you? Are- I, I've actually only been there twice. So I'm preparing for it as much as I can because I'm very much like a person who likes to be prepared. But um, yeah. we'll see how that actually goes. Yeah. Cause I want to go there. But my mom was like, if you don't like the rain. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I good. mean, I like, I've lived in California my whole life. I'm yeah. from Southern California. I'm sorry. I didn't really specify that. Um, but it's always like the same weather here. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm craving something new. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the students there are super nice from like what I've seen so far at orientation and stuff. So I have uh, high hopes. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck. with Thank that. you. So your account kind of shows like your growth journey um, throughout high school and just how you kind of became the person you are. What was life like before you were known as Authentic Ash? Oh my gosh, it's crazy to think about now. But um, I had like a really rough uh, middle school and like high school experience to an extent. Um, In middle school, I just like, I put a halt on like physical exercise because I was a dancer. I was a competitive dancer for seven years. Um, And so I was constantly taking dance classes and I was just like always in the studio. I'd never had time to to think about anything else. I was literally living and breathing at this dance studio. And so at one point I decided to leave because I felt like I was only there because I had been there for seven years. It was like almost like a time commitment. It felt like I wasn't doing it because I wanted to. And that was my first like realization of actually, you know, wanting to do something for myself. So I left the studio, but I didn't replace it with any other form of exercise and like through that time I had gone through a lot of like social issues and issues with teachers and my grades were suffering um and this was like eighth grade through uh beginning of sophomore year so then I go to high school um and the girls just got meaner and I had so much free time and um I wasn't really like doing anything productive I didn't really understand Mm -hmm. who I was or what I was doing um and so through that, I, I developed an eating disorder, binge eating. Um, and it was all just like a very collective thing uh, for me. And so I guess my breaking point was, um, it's a funny story, actually, I've never shared it, but um, essentially what happened was I had a group of friends who I thought I really knew and trusted and counted on. Uh, one day I was at school and they all had formulated like this plan to like block me at the same time on everything. It was so odd and I I don't know where it came from. It was totally horrible. So I remember we were all in like third period and it was PE and I was trying so hard to be friends with these girls. Like it was the only thing I was, I was working towards. I was like, I'm going to be friends with these girls. That's like my purpose. Um, And they all blocked me at the same time on Instagram, Snapchat, anything else I had at the time. Um, And like, nobody gave me an explanation. I tried to talk to them what was going on and it was horrible. Wow. But um, through that, I also had a really bad haircut. And uh, that was not good either. During this time, I, I cut my hair like this, like I had bangs. Oh, yeah. But they were really short and like wide. Um, <laughs> and I like just gained a lot of weight because I was struggling with binging. And I just had no like coping mechanisms. I had nothing that I felt like I could put my energy towards. I didn't know who I was. And like through all of that, you know, I kind of realized like, I don't recognize the girl in the mirror. And like, it was a very confusing time for me. Um, And so I had a therapist through middle school, through this time that I was struggling. um, And she was a little bit older. I think she was probably like in her mid sixties. She wasn't really giving me the response I felt like I needed. And so Mm -hmm. I had talked to my parents and I asked them if they could try and find someone different for me. Um, And that was when I met my new therapist, which she's She's not new anymore. I think I've seen her. I've seen her since my sophomore year of high school. So I think it's been about two or three years. Um, and I, I really like instantly felt that connection with her. And I felt like 
we were on the same page about a lot of things. She knew about social media. She's not, she's not kind of like out of the loop. She understands the social aspects of high school. And, um, she's the one that essentially taught me to believe in myself. And she was the first person to show me that I was worth something more than what I, I was expressing myself to be. Um, and it was tough because like, up to that point, nobody had really validated my emotions and said, hey, what you're going through, this is normal. This is okay. And it's, everybody goes through it at one point. It's something that your feelings are valid for. And like my parents had never really fully validated my emotions when it came to this kind of stuff. I always felt like I was a ghost and I would explain things that would happen and they wouldn't understand because it was just an insignificant part of their lives. They drop me off at school, they leave, they don't know what happens. Right. And so when I said I was struggling, I, I felt like they couldn't truly understand what was going on. And um, I felt like there was kind of a communication block and that was holding me back from a lot of things. So when I had my therapist, I utilized her to my advantage. And what people don't understand is like therapy includes both sides. It's a two-party, it's a two-part system. You have to do the work and you have to put all of your effort into it. I mean, I have given, I have given everything to myself and um, it was really hard at first. I had to talk about a lot of things I've been avoiding with myself. And like, you don't realize how much you're truly struggling with something until you're head on and someone is playing devil's advocate and, and you realize, wow, okay, there's a lot of things that I keep on the surface that I don't like to talk about because I distract myself in my daily life. And I put those things aside. I'll talk about them later. Yeah. Nobody talks about them later. Like this is the only life we have. And, um, I kind of realized like, once you came to that conclusion, there's no holding back. Uh, and so during, like during COVID, um, was March of my sophomore year of high school. And that was a time when I really flipped the switch and I realized that like self-help was out there and there were people who wanted to better themselves every day and had these goals. And I'd never been around someone like that. I mean, my high school was so tiny and it was full of clicks and Mm. I didn't understand that there was more out there than what I was seeing. I mean, I feel like I was so just like blind to everything in the world. And I didn't realize that there was like a whole nother world out there of people who want to better themselves. So um, during quarantine, when we had online school, I started getting up earlier in the morning to go on runs and go on walks and take my dog out. Um, and I had like a huge mental switch because all I was doing was working on myself, you know? And it was just like from morning to night, I was, you know, reading self-help books and trying new things and following people on Instagram. I mean, the person who influenced me to start getting up so early was, um, Bella Harisney. I know she's Mm. not as active anymore, but I was, I didn't realize I was like, wow, people can actually get up earlier than like before school starts. I like, there were so many people that I followed, uh, Hannah Jar, who else I'm trying to think of, uh, Natalia Sigor. She's super good. Um, there were just people like that. And now Lexi Hidalgo, she's huge. I love her. Um, people like that, that made me realize that there's more than just what meets the eye in your daily life. And it's something that you can create and you have power over. Um, and once I realized like I can control the day, the day doesn't control me, I could start, um, mapping that out for myself and like creating what I wanted. And so that was a huge shift for me getting up earlier than my, the time of my responsibility you know? Yeah. Yeah. And most of the times in the morning, like people who wake up early, it's kind of common. Those people are people who are intentional with like taking time for themselves. And I think it's a way to like ground yourself before you throw yourself into everyone else's lives to be like present, like, Hey, this is like time for me and like myself. And yeah. So what like timeline did you start documenting your like whole journey on social media and what kind of sparked that? So it started with um, actually Snapchat. So during COVID, obviously like I had a lot of free time um, quarantine and stuff. A lot of my friends started noticing that I looked way different. Like there was a point where I just dipped on social media and like took all this time to work on myself. And uh, I dyed my hair too. I'm actually, I'm a fake blonde, but um. So I, I looked really different. Um, and 
people started noticing that. And I, I realized like there's so much more than hating this world. And I know these are like super, super difficult concepts. And like, there are things I've had to work through for months and years now, but like, there is so much more. I used to be a total brat, like to my parents, I used to be so unkind. Um, and I realized like, you can't love yourself if you hate the world. You can't spread hate if you want to love yourself. It's like, you can't have both, you know? And I realized like, all I want to do is, is spread a kind message. And I know that it'll come back to me. Like I'm a huge believer in positive karma. I mean, any karma I think is very real and valid. And I realized like, if people are unhappy, they're unhappy with themselves. And that's just how it is. And I realized like, if I keep and maintain myself as a positive person and someone who is like respectable to a community, I know that that's the environment that I will keep for myself in my, in my life. Um, and so like the reason I put so much effort into myself is because I know that it will spill out into the rest of my life. And I want yeah. to have a kind and positive environment wherever I go. And I didn't understand that there was a standard until I created it for myself. So mm -hmm. I kind of like realized that there were so many people in my life that just weren't serving this expectation that I had now created so vividly for myself. Um, and I made a Snapchat story. I called it like health and wellness or something. And I would post about waking up early one to keep myself accountable. And two, um, I was kind of afraid of going super public because I, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know what the influencer space was like. And I, I still kind of like wanted to keep my guard up a little bit. I won't lie. So it was only for my friends, but I made it public. So anybody could join. Um, and I got a really good response from it. Like all of my friends at first, I thought I was being selfish. I thought I was gloating and, you know, posting all this stuff. Sometimes you think, wow, like, am I just showing myself off all day? Is that like, is that really what I want to be doing? You know, just yeah, talking about every little thing I, I do throughout my day and expecting people to, to like eat it up. But I was so wrong because again, the response I got, people were like, give me more, give me more. Like, this is so cool. I think your, your uh, lookout, like your outlook is so cool. And uh, nobody at my school is like me. So it was the first time, like even kids from my school were realizing, wow, okay, like this girl is a lot different than she used to be. Um, and I think people were kind of intrigued by it, but um, it got to a point where like Snapchat, it just wasn't, I realized I was, there was a point where I was ready to get out there and reach people that maybe I didn't know in person. Um, change is really difficult for me. So obviously it took me a long time to kind of let my guard down in that aspect. But um, once I realized that I made an Instagram account and this was in February, 2021, I believe was my first post on this account. Um, and I remember I, I made the name authentic ash with one of my friends on FaceTime. We were just talking about it. I was saying, I remember I was telling her how good of a response I was getting and just kind of like how I thought this could actually mean something to me because initially I had started it with no expectations. I wasn't doing it because I wanted a community. I wasn't doing it because I had these goals and dreams. I, I had nothing. And I was just this new version of me. And I, I wanted to use every minute of it that I could, because I, you know, when you look in the mirror and you see something you like, you want to keep it. And I think I had really started to notice my growth and I loved who I was. I feel like I was glowing from the inside and I had never seen that kind of glow on me before. Um, and I was almost so desperate to keep it that I was like, wow, okay, let me do whatever I can to, to keep this. I want to keep it going. And so I remember FaceTime with my friend. Um, and actually the only thing I wanted for the name was a word in front of an A. So it would be like alliteration. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even care about the word at the time. I think I'd come up with like amazing Ashley or something stupid like that. Or I had come up with like random A names that I can't remember now, but um, this one came to mind and I thought that it was goal oriented. It was something that I felt like represented me as a person. I mean, the whole goal of me starting it was to show that you can be who you want and who you are genuinely and still have people that respect you without putting any, any walls up on who you are. Um, and so now I feel like the word, it means a lot more to me than it, what it did initially. And 
I, I think it's everything that I stand for. So if I wanted to change it, I would, but that's, that's the gist of why I created it. Yeah, I love that. I think your, your username is very fitting to the way you present yourself and go about running your account. That's so, so sweet of you. <laughs> you. Getting into kind of the main thing you talk about um, on your social media, of course. kind of how you change your life. What did you notice that you wanted to change and how did you enforce the change and go about it? So it all started uh, with physical attributes. Obviously, there's a point where, you know, you're a freshman, you've gone through puberty, you gain all this weight from your hormones. And well, if you're like me, you also have a really shitty haircut. Um, But uh, it all started physical. I wanted to be skinny. I wanted to be pretty. I wanted boys to like me. It was never... uh, (laughs) I, I know. I mean, I wish it was something that had started from, oh, I want to glow from the inside and be a kind human being and just spread love. But that's not how it started. I wanted it's the to, reality of right. Like I want to be in high school. Yeah. Yeah. It's high school. What do you expect? Um, but I realized like once I had started doing a lot of like internal work um, that that wasn't just going to come to me if I hadn't actually worked on myself as a whole, because you can't change your who you are on the outside if you don't start on the inside you know like your body is your home and if you're not maintaining something in here and in here it's not gonna show out here mm-hmm. um I mean everyone knows when you're having a bad day and you see that kind of gloom on your face and it's like you know you don't want to show it you want to put on a smile that's not how it works you can't band-aid your life you know yeah. you can't put a band-aid yeah. on on who you want to be and so um I joined the cross country team sophomore year of high school because I didn't want to take PE with the same girls that had caused me a problem. And I didn't make the tennis team. I took tennis lessons for like three weeks and then I didn't make the team at school. I'm not very athletic actually, but um, so I started running because I needed credit and uh, I started losing a little bit of weight from it just because I finally had something, uh, some everyday movement regulating my system. Um, And then once the pandemic hit, I was really worried about losing my progress because I had always struggled on the team. I was always in the back. Uh, I'm not like the fastest, obviously. So uh, during the pandemic, I wanted to run every day so that I would be fit for cross country when we went back to school after two weeks. Uh, So I, I didn't stop. I would run in the afternoons. But the thing is, I would procrastinate the run the whole day. I would just sit in my room all day and wait until I felt like going. I would be on my phone all day, just procrastinating my run. And then once I would get out there, it would be meaningless and not something that really meant anything to me. I would just run for 0.5 and then stop. And it wasn't like how it was in practice because I didn't have a coach, you know what I mean? And so it was something that was very mindless and I, I didn't like it. Um, and then I discovered Bella and I discovered a couple other people who were getting up early. And I, I kind of didn't realize that that was an option for me. I was like, wow, I can get up earlier before school, get this out of the way done. And then I don't have to worry about it for the whole day. In my brain, I would rather be doing that than sitting in my room lazily for three hours, trying to convince myself to go outside and go on a run when it's hot and it's the middle of dead, like, the yeah. Middle of the day, you know? um, And so that was like my initial start process, but I completely fell in love with it. That was, you know, once I started getting up, the weather was perfect. Nobody was around. I didn't feel like I was being judged by anybody. There were no dogs out. There was no bikers. Like it was just like me and the world. It was so peaceful and like a moment that I can't explain. Um, And I couldn't run a full even a full mile when I started, I, I would take my sister out in the morning because I was too afraid to go on my own because I was afraid of the dark. But um, I would run and stop and run and stop until I finally uh, moved houses. I know this is like a very, I feel like it's a very bumpy story, but um, I had this trail by my old house. It was only a mile. So I didn't like the repetitive forward and backward type thing. It got really old. Um, and then when I moved houses, I finally gained like a running route that was a full two miles without having me to like 
to repeat anything. And there's a lot of new trails around here. So um, that was like where it started. The consistency, I won't lie, comes from a lot of caffeine, um, being able to wake up that early, but also actually I have it with me right here. This thing is my hatch alarm clock. It wakes me up, it gets brighter and it makes lots and lots of noises. Um, Very loud ones because I sleep through probably every single phone alarm clock there is to exist. So that and a lot of Celsius is what keeps me consistent. But also the idea that I won't have time. I have a very loud and busy family. Um, And the idea that I won't have time throughout the day to take time for myself and just be is also something that's really important to me. And um, I am a very busy girl. So the idea that I can get it up and done in the morning and I don't have to worry about it, it's great. It also makes me feel more productive. Like if that's the only thing I did in the day, I would be okay and I would feel accomplished because I'm like, by the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I went on a run and I did this and this and this because I had all this extra time and I wasn't just wallowing in my room waiting to go on that one run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a couple of things. Yeah. How have you developed a good relationship with not only your body, but like your mind and use that to change and continue with this lifestyle out of a place of like self-love and self-care? Totally. Um, so I always tell people 60 days is a habit. Um, The one thing I told myself when I started this journey uh, of just getting up and running before school, especially, was um, that nobody's holding me accountable. Like, if I don't do it, it's going to be because of me. But I'm also the one that can initiate it or take it away at any second. Um, And I think the thing is, I'm not running for shape or size or anything that has to do with my body. I'm running because people know that if I don't go on my run, like you're not going to want to talk to me. It's like waking up in the morning and not having a cup of coffee. Yeah. I am such a brat without it. Um, it's made me, you know, kind of understand the perception of time and how much we really have. And just when I have my run, I feel so much more focused and centered. And also with my ADHD, like I, um, I fidget a lot. And so one of the reasons I wanted to do it before school was because by the time I get to school, I'm so wiped for my run that I can just sit in a classroom and I, I have no jitters or the need to get up or anything because I've already gotten that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a huge one for me. Um, another thing is that throughout this journey of authentic ash, I have gained weight. I've lost weight. I have gotten abs. I have gotten rid of my abs. I have, uh, I've made every physical change in the book. And I think the idea that we have so much power over our bodies is like the coolest thing ever. I think a lot of people in the fitness community are lying to you when they do their what I eat in a days and their calorie deficit videos and these crazy protein gym rat freaks. I think um, intuitive eating is great. And it, it really starts, everything starts with the relationship with yourself. If you're treating yourself with kindness, you know, what's best for you and gut health is super important. But like, when I say these things, it's not like, oh, gut health, like here's your gut health remedy with aloe vera and chlorophyll yeah. juice yeah. and all that stuff. When I say gut health, I mean, you are taking steps every day to work on yourself. You are doing internal work that requires every day. You have to visit the same trauma over and over again until you realize that that was there for you to make a change. And you know, set yourself up for success. Like all the things that have happened to me, I could say happened to me because I was miserable and I deserved it. And I have a horrible life. Or I could say those things made me stronger. And every day I am working through them to become the best version of myself. And facing that trauma is something that 75, excuse me, 75% of humans refuse to do or acknowledge. Mm -hmm. They don't do it. They, it happens. They leave it be, they don't discuss it. They don't work through it. And I realized like, I have so much power over myself. I had this idea in high school that I had to control the people I wanted to be friends with. I had to get them to like me. I had to be the most likable with my teachers and other students and friends. And I kept trying over and over again. And I never got that response. I never got what I wanted. And I realized 
that the only person I really had control over and the only person that could like me was me. So once I took that into my hands, I feel like I've gained, I literally like wrapped my head in a lasso and I pulled myself back and I realized this is all in my control and nobody else cares if I make it happen. I want to do this for myself. I was tired of waking up feeling shitty every day. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can curse. No, you're good. I was tired and I was, uh, I was upset because when you wake up miserable every day from things that have happened to you and you're wallowing over and over again, I mean, there were days where I would tell my dad, Hey, I'm not going to school. I can't face this mental battle. Like it's too hard for me because it's like the day after a breakup, you know, but every single day, yeah, I can't do it. I was like, I physically can't handle it. And, um, to be fair, I wasn't putting my energy into those things that deserved my time. Um, and yes, diet is important when it comes to how you want to look in the mirror, but also what's important is like stress and cortisol. Uh, one of the reasons I suffered from binge eating disorder is because of my cortisol levels, which is just like excess stress, um, and water weight and the body hold like the body holds on to your physical stress. When people say the body holds on, it's holding on to water weight. It's holding on to the stress you had about not making it to your meeting in the next 15 minutes or being late to work or being late to school or forgetting that homework assignment. Life is still going to go on regardless of the things that have happened throughout your day. It's you who decides to manage it. And uh, in my opinion, being late to a meeting, my body doesn't deserve the stress. My body yeah. doesn't deserve the excess pressure of it. I understand that I can text a boss and let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm running a little bit late or, Hey, I'll have that homework assignment in tomorrow. One of the biggest things for me was taking accountability for myself because in my household, it's a lot of, well, I didn't do that. Hmm. I, that's not my problem. That was not my fault. I, I cleaned mine. I cleaned my own dish. <laughs> I did the dishes yeah. last Tuesday, you know, but it's like, if you don't take accountability for yourself and say, Hey, you know what? I'm so sorry that happened. Let me do what I can to fix it. People, people will, they'll move on and you'll be stuck and you'll realize, Hey, if I could have taken accountability for that, I maybe would have been where this other person is growing and evolving and changing. Um, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but taking accountability for yourself is so important and saying, I'm sorry to the people who deserve it. And I think, one of the things that taught me that was um, people that hurt me really badly. Uh, when I started my account, they, they watched it and I was uncomfortable and I realized that they started sending me apologies. Mm -hmm. I was receiving apologies from people because I decided to work on myself and grow and become a new person. Wow. It's like your influence has so much more of an impact than you think. And when I started getting those apologies, I realized there were certain things in my life that I had not taken proper accountability for. Um, yeah. And I decided to man up. I took, I took action in my own life. And, you know, there's only so many years I can be skittish and afraid and it's tough when you have anxiety, you know, you don't, I would love to just put up, put everything away that I have to do and not do it every single day. But it's like, you realize like you have responsibilities in this world, just like everyone else does. And it's your decision to, uh, take control of yourself and get the things that you need to be responsible for in line. And, um, I also have OCD, so I guess it's like two, two at a time, but, um, I feel like, uh, once I straightened everything out, it was like a lot easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your healthy everyday habits that you started and stuck with you that like, if you could boil it down to what habits changed your life? Mm -hmm. what would those be getting up early running big one for me I don't think I'm ever going to stop running um yeah. I do take occasional breaks like right now I haven't been running every single day but I'm I have a lot of things like that I'm doing and I keep it under control I go to the gym weightlifting is great I think uh if you don't get sucked into TikTok. Don't let TikTok believe that the only way you can lift is by being this extreme bodybuilder and eating five egg whites a day and protein powder that can destroy your gut. Like, yeah. um, that's a huge one. I think some self-control and some self-accountability is great. I think uh, there's a lot of people that refuse to acknowledge certain things they've done. And even in their daily life, mm -hmm. like we blame things on everyone else. I think we need to start blaming ourselves more and understanding that it's all for good reason. It's all to become the best version of yourself. Um, anything else that I'm thinking of other habits? I mean, 
I've been adjusting my diet for a while. I don't count calories. I don't do anything like that. But I think uh, once I kind of straightened my life out, I understood that I didn't need to be eating it every second of every day because I was so stressed. Um, and so if you are struggling with food right now, I think um, reverse dieting is great. So there was a point where I did up my calories because I had been, um, excuse me, I had been restricting and um, I just didn't know what my limits were. So I upped my food and now I don't, food is the last thing on my mind. Mm. I, when I was under eating, I knew I was under eating because I was thinking about food all day and it wasn't like it was purposeful. I had just thought that that was the healthiest thing to do. Um, and so now my biggest things are protein and three meals a day, um, snacks, if I want them, if my mom brings home a cookie, I'm probably going to eat it. (laughs) Um, but protein is also a huge one. I will thank the gym rat community for that. Um, I never incorporated enough protein into my meals. And so I was constantly snacking and I would get bloated because that's what happens when you don't have a three full meals a day. So three calorie dense meals, each with a subsequent amount of protein is the best thing for me. Um, and it's, it's consistent. It's there for me. It works. And again, food is the last thing I think about, but for a while it wasn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned on your Instagram and early in the podcast that you did struggle with binge eating. And I think a lot of times when people think of eating disorder, you know, anorexia, or like bulimia is pretty common um, and binge eating disorder is not as like talked about. There's not a lot of awareness brought to it, but how did your binge eating disorder develop if you don't mind talking about it? No, of course not. Um, so we did touch on it a little bit earlier. Yeah. I didn't really have any coping mechanisms. Like I would go to school, go home, eat my entire pantry, cry. Um, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have been that miserable but you know when you're a teen and going through it and you struggle that's just what happens um and I started putting my energy into other things I stopped ignoring my life getting all of my responsibilities done I think something that helped was again starting with the internal work and working backwards um literally I realized within the first two weeks of therapy I was less stressed and the stress is what makes me hungry because it's my cortisol saying, hey, you need to eat. But in reality, you're not starving. Cortisol is a stress response and it makes you feel like you're, you haven't eaten in 30 days. That was just my personal experience. Um, and that's why I was eating all the time because I genuinely thought I was hungry, but I wasn't. And yeah, you know, I think binge eating isn't talked about because it's something people are ashamed of. Everything I binged on, it was something that would be in my room. I would never do it in front of family. Uh, because it's shameful. You're Mm -hmm. ashamed of the idea that the only way you can convey your feelings is through food because nobody will listen to you, or at least that's what it feels like at the time. Um, Again, so once I started working on myself, um, even just adding a light walk within my day, that was something that really helped me. Also controlling my uh, pooping schedule, if we don't mind talking about that. I also suffered with uh, IBS too, irritable bowel syndrome from all of the stress, literally just clogged everything up in the system. My gut, my IBS, my cortisol levels, all three work together to create one very unhappy child. Um, And so the three meals a day, it's great when you don't have snacks because it regulates your system and it gets everything out. And if I'm really in a doozy, it's a cup of coffee (laughs) because That's just how it is. But I realize now that I was unhappy because I was in so much pain for my stomach because it was so overly full and I wasn't going to the bathroom consistently. So once I kind of got everything sorted out, it's a lot easier now. Yeah. And the gut brain connection is like actually insane. I totally agree. And I think it's so hard to explain too, because yeah you can't really explain it. Like everyone's is different, but I just have to like experience both ends of the spectrum and you're like this is crazy totally and I I realized that too especially I was saying I think within the last year I've stopped thinking about food completely but it like for a while even when I had this account I was under feeling and I I was thinking about food all day what I was going to eat and I was so stressed from what I was going to eat because if it wasn't healthy enough then I would blow it up like a balloon and it was just this like repeated cycle of stress Mm. yeah So you would say the recovery process for you had to do with a lot of internal work and reflection and healing because 
the problem, the root cause was the stress. And when you're ignoring that, you know, the binge eating gets bad. So kind of really diving deep into that was like how the recovery process looked for you. But aside from that, what tips do you have um, that maybe have to do with food or body image related for people who are struggling with binge eating? Tips food related. I hate giving advice on diet and food. I really don't. I I think the best thing I've heard is the best diet is no diet. Yeah. Truly. I think the stress that comes from food is more important than what you're actually eating. Mm -hmm. I would never miss out on a family party. I would never miss out on a piece of birthday cake. I'm not one to talk about cutting foods out. I think the best thing for me is incorporating foods yeah, um, and practicing balance. And for me, it's like, if I want a cookie, I'll have some protein with it because I know it's not going to keep me sustained. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. like, I'm a big dessert gal. So, you know, if I do want to have a slice of cake in the middle of the day for lunch, I will put it with a protein shake or I will you know, get some kind of, I, I, my mom is an endocrinologist and I've learned so much about diet from her because Mm. that is essentially her job. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's someone who, um, manages diabetes and has patients who struggle with their diet, mainly because of diabetes. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing with blood sugar and stuff. But, um, she taught me everything about protein, fat, and carb and like the essentials, um, if we're talking about diet starter pack here is like, whatever I have, I like to work backwards. So if I have a carb, if I have like bread that I want to eat or a bagel, I think, how do I sneak in a little bit of everything else to make this like a balanced meal that will keep me in there, but I still get the bagel I want. You know what I mean? So if it was me, I would start with my bagel that I want. And then I would think of a protein. So maybe I'd put some turkey on it. I would, you know, toast the bagel, of course. And then, um, I just need like a little bit of, um, like a fat or a car, like a a fat I'm thinking of like, obviously I would do a little fruit and vegetable too. Maybe I'd put some fruit on the side, um, fruit and veggie with every meal. And then I'd probably put some like cream cheese or butter on it for like a little fat, you know? Um, and it's honestly become like a game to me. It's like, Oh, how can I what can I add? Up. Yeah. How yeah. can I make this something better? Like for me, pasta is a big one. I love pasta. It's not going to keep me sustained. So I love to add some chicken when I go to a restaurant. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the healthiest thing on the menu. It just has to be mm-hmm. something, you know, that you want and it's going to keep you sustained. There was a long time actually where I was eating things because people told me they were healthy and I hated the taste of them, but I said, no, mm-hmm. it's good for you you need to eat it. There's still food out there. That's good for you. That is healthy. You don't need to eat everything people are telling you. Like I hate eggs, hate them, but I saw all the fitness influencers doing a little turkey bacon, egg white thing, you know, and don't get me wrong. I love a good piece of turkey bacon, but I immediately, I would eat it and my body would like reject the food. Like I wouldn't throw up obviously, but I could feel it in my stomach and my body still wanted what I was craving. Like, let's say on that day I was craving a yogurt bowl, right? But I was like, no, the egg is a healthy option. So I would eat the egg because it's healthy and I was still craving the yogurt bowl. So after all that, I'm still going to have the yogurt bowl after I just ate a full meal of eggs. And now I'm stuffed and unhappy because I feel like I wasted my calories on the egg when I could have just had the yogurt bowl to begin with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's like totally how my thought process goes. And there was a while where I was like, no, but you need to eat the healthy one and just don't listen to what your stomach says. But again, that kind of messed with my gut because I wasn't listening to my body. I was just taking the healthy option. Like, don't get me wrong. I think some things are really good for you. And I think some people are babies and picky. And I think we need a little bit of uh, nutrition in our lives. But I'm not going to eat egg whites if I wanted a yogurt bowl. Like I will just take the yogurt bowl and make it into something that I know is going to be substantial and has fruit and veggies and maybe protein powder in there. Um, And that's just how I like to build my meals. Yeah. I think focusing on the like abundance mentality and how can I like add a vegetable or, you know, add protein. um, I think that can help anyone going through any sort of recovery because like I've noticed too, it's worse for my gut 
when I'm like stressed about eating a certain food and I try to manipulate, mm-hmm. change it, eat another versus just like, like you said, eating the cookie and just like adding something with it or like eating toast, but like maybe adding something else on the side. Um, yeah, totally. It's like a game changer for me. And now I don't even think about food, which is crazy. yeah. Like, I know I keep saying that, but for me, it's like, that is wackadoo because no, I understand too. It's thinking about food. It's so mentally draining and it's so stressful. And there's so many things I would rather be giving my energy to, but then in the back of my head, it's like, well, what are we having for dinner? Is it going to be healthy? Is it calorie appropriate? Like, no, it's so, um, like freeing mentally to walk into like a family dinner or a restaurant and know, like I can eat anything on the menu as long as like, I'm truly wanting it. And having that mindset, mindset shift, like for me personally, just like completely changed the way I looked at food. And I don't know, I think like, that's a huge, a huge turning point for a lot of people. And a big thing for me was uh, overeating, like at restaurants too, I would Mm -hmm. order way too much food, like everything my brain wanted, but nothing my body wanted. And for me, it was like creating taking what I wanted and making it into something that was more substantial so that I didn't have to order anything else. And I could just be satisfied with one meal without having to overeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your tips for people who struggle with shame surrounding binge eating? That's a good one. Um, The first thing that ever helped me was, or, or at least like struck a huge light bulb in my head was validating my emotions realizing that what I was feeling was okay. And it was something that everybody feels. It's not, it's not uncommon. I think a big thing is when you struggle with binging, you struggle with loneliness or like the feeling of being alone because you're doing it all yourself and it's all self-inflicted. And it's like, you're almost at war with yourself because you're so ashamed. And it's just this like vicious cycle that keeps going. Um, And the first thing for me is getting help. Don't be afraid to get help reach out to a therapist, reach out to a friend, reach out to a journal, reach out to me. If you feel like you need something, please. My DMs are always open and I love helping people if they, they feel like they need it. Um, and feeling shame. It's, it's actually, it's a lot of the book I'm reading right now. Daring greatly. Daring Ooh, greatly that book is really good. By Brene Brown. Yeah. It's talking a lot about vulnerability and shame. And once you kind of accept those emotions into your life it's like realizing that once you have control over those emotions they don't exist like once you accept your shame and accept that you're being you're in a vulnerable state it's gone because it's all in your Mm. control you know what I mean and it's something that you you kind of understand it's like it's shame but it's in my control and for me control is a big thing so if I accept my shame then I've accepted how I'm feeling. And I know that I will do something about it internally or externally. What are ways people can support anyone they know who might be going through binge eating disorder? Oh my gosh. That's such a good one. Um, Oh, it's tough. It is tough. I really feel like for me, I felt that no one had validated me. Not Mm -hmm. my, and, and listen, I get it. The first thing you need to do is validate yourself. But the first time my therapist ever said, your feelings are valid. My mouth was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, no, they're not. I was like, this is not something that people go through. This is not something that is normal. And she was like, Ashley, I've worked with hundreds of people like you who have gone through the same thing. And for me, it wasn't the perspective of like knowing that hundreds of people have gone through this because it's still going to be my own individual journey. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it's like nobody in my family is super like emotional and talks about their emotions. And so um, it was finding someone that could validate my emotions. And I would, I feel like there was a point too, where I was kind of, I was like asking for that validation, but I felt like no one could hear me. I felt like I was just mm. talking to myself. You know what I mean? Like I would, t- I would talk to my friends and I would ask for validation in other ways because I couldn't figure out how to open myself up and talk about this problem. I didn't know if the people in my life were trustworthy. You know what I mean? And so even when it came to like buying things at the store, I'd be like, do you guys like these earrings? I like these earrings, but I don't know if my opinion is valid enough. So do you like these earrings? Yeah. It's like a way of, of me realizing that I'm like, I'm calling for help and nobody is answering. 
And it's hard, you know, because it's especially like when I was in my struggle. Um, I also didn't want to talk to anyone when I was struggling too, because again, it's the, it's the cycle of shame. You don't want to talk to people, but for me, it was asking for help and taking that step. And, um, now I, I mean, my therapist, like she knows that what I need is validation. And so she gives that to me, but it's like, if you don't have someone in your life that does that, it's always good to reach out and let them know, Hey, I'm struggling right now. And I know that our relationship is supposed to be, that's another thing too. It's like, I know our relationship, um, like we're there for each other. I could use, I could use the validation right now, like relationships too, when it comes to friendships, relationships, parents, siblings, anyone, it's not a 50, 50 relationship. It's a, Hey, I'm not feeling good today. Can we make this 60, 40? I use that all the time. I talk to my friends. I'm like, Hey, I'm not feeling good today. We're going to make this 70, 30 and you're going to be there for me when I need you. Yeah. And it's like you, if those people are not going to be there for you, then you don't deserve them. And you need to go find people right now that are going to do that for you. Yeah. Because there are so many people in the world. And if they can't understand how you work and what you need at that exact time, they are not your, your people. Like I, I take friend breaks all the time. I think those are healthy. I think it's good to spend time away from the people that you care about. Um, I take, I feel like I take family breaks sometimes. I will be less distant and I'll be more distant and I will, I will evaluate what I need and I will continue from there. But being honest is so important too, when it comes to shame, it's, Hey, I'm not feeling the best today. I could really use your support. You know, it's as easy as like, you don't have to open up to someone and tell them you're struggling with binging, but it's important to say, you know, that you're, you're struggling because people want to help you. Yeah. And it's like, I think we're so scared to ask for help, but for me, asking for help has now become a part of my daily routine. Yeah. Talking to people, reaching out. If I don't know how to do something, I'm going to ask someone. And um, I don't want to be closed off because I know there's so much in the world and there's so much knowledge. There's so much knowledge that people have. You know, if I hadn't opened up to my mom about how I was struggling, she wouldn't have educated me about the diet and about the human body. Um, like there was a time where I was like, I'm starving. I, you know, I'm so hungry. We have maybe I hadn't eaten in like 30 minutes. And I had just made a comment. And my mom was like, Ashley, you're not starving. The body only starves after three days of no food. And I was like, no, it doesn't. I'm hungry. Like I realized I wasn't really listening to my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I felt like I was in starvation mode from all the stress, but I realized like your body isn't actually hungry all the time. Your body doesn't need food all the time. Yeah. It was kind of a weird concept for me to understand, but like I had to unlearn who I was to learn who I am now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What are some small things or even just one small thing that people can do today to take better care of themselves? Um, drinking water. That's where I started my health journey. This is my half gallon that I carry around from Target. Um, I started with a full one. It just got too heavy to carry around, but water is a huge thing. I feel like it helps me clear out all the nastiness going on in there and like helps me with the, again, the gut brain connection. So yeah, water is a great one. What is your favorite part of the day and why? Ooh, when I first wake up, not cause it's summer right now. I am, I am going through a lot of like different changes right now. So my routine is kind of off, but, uh, when I wake up in the morning, nobody's awake. I wake up at 5.00 AM every Me day. Too. Yeah. When yeah. I wake up, nobody's awake. It's like, I feel like I have the time to just do the things I've been putting off like journaling or reading or, um, anything like that is great. Yeah. What does a day in the life for you look like? Ooh, I like this one. Um, okay. Are we talking like currently? Cause I feel like it's, it's different every day right now. Or are we talking about like during the school year? Kind of during the school year, like typical. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. So, well, this is typical. Oh, it's so weird. I don't know. Nobody tells you about the summer after high school. It's just like, what the heck? Is I can that? imagine. It's like so up in the air and crazy. It's crazy. But my favorite routine and the one that I will be keeping, it's not going anywhere. 5 a.m. wake up. Um, I always put my Celsius in the fridge. So I'll usually grab that. Ooh, another one. Okay. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. We're going to go step by step here. Yeah. Um, 
I wake up. First thing I do in the morning, I'll take out my retainer and I'll scrape my tongue. This is a good one. Lymphatic drainage. It's so good for lymphatic drainage. It's so good for your um, gut health. It's so good for your like tooth enamel. It's, it's so good. I like, it's my new obsession right now, scraping your tongue because get this when you're sleeping, you have all this bacteria that piles up on your tongue. And when you swallow it, it like messes with your like gut. It's like unhealthy Mm. bacteria and it'll make you bloated. It'll mess with you, you know? But like scraping yeah. my tongue, I feel so much cleaner. I feel like rejuvenated. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I don't have all this crazy gross bacteria going into me. So anyways, then I will brush my teeth and floss and do all of that. I will grab my Celsius. I will drink water. Um, 5.30, I go on my run. So 5.30 to 6. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. I guess from 5 to 6, I'll sit in my bed and do whatever I need to do. And then 6 to 6.30 is my run. Um, I usually walk for like a little bit, whatever I'm feeling. And then during the year, I would go back to my house at like 650, get ready. I would eat before school, which is my breakfast is always a protein coffee. And then either like a yogurt with protein, it'll say like on the label, if it has protein in it, or I'll do, um, something to pair it with. So like a protein bar is great or something like that. Um, and then I would always, I would always leave at school for seven at seven, like 30, 20 or 20 or 30, I would leave. So that was my like routine. And then, um, I would go to school, get off at like one and then I would go to the gym. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would usually have work. So I'd go straight to work after that, um, from four 30 to 10. And then that would be my, my day. Yeah. Busy, but full of lots of like positive things. Yeah, no, sometimes I won't lie. Like once I, when I got home, it was tough because, um, obviously you want to go home and you want to sleep, but like getting in your bed in the afternoon, it's so bad. You just, the only way to keep yourself up is to keep moving. So that was always my thing is like, I'm not going to go in bed. I'm going to change. I'm going to keep standing up and, you know, doing all that. Yeah. And then this is my closing question that everyone gets. Of course. Um, What would your like, deathbed meal be like what is your all-time just favorite like some people have a home-cooked meal some people have just a whole bunch of desserts my gosh I feel like the pressure is really on with this one (laughs) Um, for me it has to be birthday cake oh okay a whole birthday cake it's my favorite food I don't think I'll ever get tired of it or I guess cookies from where I work I work at this restaurant called um, Pie Provisions. I can probably say it. I'm not like just a host. I don't care. But um, they make fresh cookies every day. And they're like my favorite. My favorite cookie is the peanut butter cookie. It's two cookies sandwiched in between peanut butter in the middle. And then cinnamon and sugar on top. But um, for me, it's either a birthday cake or peanut butter. The crunchy kind. I'll just eat it with a spoon. Yeah. What? Like, is it like a specific birthday cake? Like, is it like... Or just any cake. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not really a vanilla girl, so it's got to be chocolate ice cream cake with extra sprinkles. The texture makes a big difference for me. And then probably like if I had another option, it would be like Costco birthday cake. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say the Costco cakes always go hard. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I course, think hopefully episode... I didn't take too much of your time. No, of course. This episode was very insightful. And let everyone know where they can follow you. Oh, yes. Well, you can follow me on authentic.ash on Instagram. Um, and if you want to go crazy and follow my personal account, it's Ashley Kaloff. It's public. And that's it. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll see everyone in the next episode.